Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. Going to two passages, same story, written by two gospel writers, just to kind of pick up some nuances of the story. That God, in His infinite wisdom, didn't just put the word out like a stamp, a rubber stamp, but rather He worked through people and used people and their gifts and how they saw things, but yet still divinely inspired. Mark chapter 5, and then we'll be going to Luke chapter 8. Mark chapter 5, and then Luke chapter 8. Mark 5, 25, and a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. So I see some things in the physician's world doesn't really change, does it? When she had heard of Jesus, when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment, for she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And the disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And he turned around about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace, and behold of thy plague. Luke writes about this same story in a little different light. Luke is a doctor, so he's looking at it from a little bit different standpoint. And he says, A woman having... Luke 8 and 43, and a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her her issue of blood stanched, and Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude thronged thee and pressed thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? Jesus said, Somebody hath touched me, for I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him, and she declared unto him before all the people, For what cause she had touched him, and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort thy faith, and made thee whole. Go in peace. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word tonight. Thank you, Lord, for the truth that is encapsulized in the stories of the gospel. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus, today that you are Lord of all, that you are the King of the universe. There is nothing, O God, that is impossible with you. Now we say to every hindering spirit, you've got to get out of the way. To every demonic force that would wish to bind, confuse, confound, discourage, have disease, you spirits of infirmity must go. In the name of Jesus, we realize that there is one and only one who has all power. There's none like him, the word, the king of glory. So tonight, Lord, let revelation hit us. Let there be a moment of revelation in this place. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Let everybody say amen. amen. Praise God. I want to talk about touching the hymn tonight. Touching the hymn. The Lord bless you. You can be seated. The Bible says this certain woman, unnamed as she was, but the certain woman suffers from a chronic hemorrhaging disease. If you go back to the beginning of the disease, you will see that we're not told exactly what caused it, but it evidently came upon her suddenly 12 years ago. Her, her body, no doubt, after 12 years of hemorrhaging, felt the effects of this, for she was no doubt weak and frail, lost weight, could hardly lift her head. But she said within herself, I know who Jesus is. I heard of Jesus. And she says, if I can but touch his garment. Luke says, if I can but touch the border of his garment, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I know that I will be made whole. We see that her life had gone down the tubes, as it were, because she had spent all that she had trying to get better. She had been to all the physicians around trying to get better. She spent everything she had, yet she continued to grow worse. Because of her condition, she was considered an unclean individual because she was in this condition of hemorrhaging, According to Leviticus 15 and 25, it says that if a woman have an issue of her blood many days out of the time of her separation, or if it run beyond the time of her separation, all the days of the issue of her uncleanness shall be as the days of her separation. She shall be clean. So as long as she bled, as long as she hemorrhaged, she was considered unclean, sick, Unclean for 12 years. For 12 years, she could not worship in the aspect of a lady in the house of God because she had to be considered unclean. She was isolated from family and friends because she could not touch anyone. She was unclean. Amen. Not only was her body just simply zapped of all strength and all vigor, but yet her, her social life was sapped of all relationships and friends. She sought help from doctors, but they could not help her. 
She probably went through her savings physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually spent. Think about it. Banned from human contact. Cannot touch anyone. Yet this woman, a man that was raised up as a Hebrew, understood the Hebrew customs, understood the Hebrew uh, uh, law, understood the Hebrew promise of Messiah. And she heard of Jesus. And she said, if I can just get to him, and if I, I don't have to come in contact, I know I'm not supposed to touch him, but if I can just touch the him, of his garment, I know that I will be whole. You will see that the disciples said, Lord, there's a lot of people pressing on you. There's a lot of people thronging on you, but he, you, you say, who touched me? Mark uses the Greek word here for throng to mean pressed together or on all sides. But Luke's vivid account of the story uses a different word, which means to be choked by the crowd. Lord, you're being choked by the crowd. Everybody's pressing up against you. Everybody's touching you. But yet you said, who touched me? The Greek word for touch here, haptu, which means to attach oneself. Amen. Far from all those that were pushing upon him and, and shoving upon him and thronging him, he felt one woman that reached down at the hem of his garment and attached herself to him, attached herself to his healing virtue. Now, I think it comes to the realization. I know that I've preached on this before, but let me talk about it again. In the Hebrew custom, they had a prayer shawl that they would put on, every man would put on a prayer shawl, and at the bottom of that prayer shawl was fringes. Look at with me in Numbers chapter 15 that talks about the talent and the zitzit, amen, the fringes of the barn, Numbers 15 and 38. Speaking of the children of Israel, and bid them that they make them fringes, in the border of their garments throughout their generations that they put upon the fringes of the borders a ribbon of blue and it shall be unto you for a fringe that you might look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them that ye seek not after your own heart and your own eyes, after which you used to go a-whoring. Don't go the way you used to go. Don't live as you used to live, but that you remember and do all my commandments and be holy unto your God. I am the Lord your God and brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. A Hebrew would put on this prayer shawl. I'd love to have one, but I don't have one. But they would put on the prayer shawl. You've seen them. You, you can see in the picture that we depicted here for, for our background how that, that there's a, a hand reaching out for this, this talent, reaching out for the, the talent to touch the, the hem. That's the hem of his garment. A part of the prayer show that would be upon a man. This girl had watched day in and day out. Her dad and her granddad had watched her uncles, had watched her, the men in their family as they would put the prayer show on and they would begin to pray. Have you ever seen the picture of the Hebrew praying and rocking like this at the wailing wall or walking in prayer. What are they saying? They're saying, uh, Amen, Deuteronomy, Amen, 6 and 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Hear, O Israel, the Lord I've got. Matter of fact, Amen, I, I want you to hear it in Hebrew. Come on, Brother Daniel. Say that part with me in Hebrew. Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. Say it again. Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. 
Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. She watches this and she understands because she's been taught the law. She's been taught the commandments. She understood what a Hebrew was doing. And she grasped the wonder and the beauty and the imagery and the hidden message behind the talent, behind the sitsu. She she understood, amen, for if you begin to examine the fringe of the garment, the beautiful part here that she's reaching out to, amen, if you begin to study that, it has five knots in it, which represents the word of the Lord or the Torah. There were four sets of wrappings numerically representing the Shema, which we heard quoted just a little while ago, Deuteronomy 6 and 4, the Lord is one, the Lord is one. Amen. So when she reached out, she knew what she was reaching for. Oh, reaching for the word of God. Reaching for the oneness of God. Reaching for a God that was going to help her. Beyond that, there, this uh, uh, zit, zit was made of eight strings with five knots, uh, represent, finding the number of 13. The word zit, zit or T-Z-I, T-Z-I-T, it represents numerically 600. So with the eight strings and the five knots in the mind of a Hebrew, they break everything down numerically. They understood 613. Why is 613 so important? Because because there is exactly 613 commandments given in the Mosaic law. 365 thou shalt not, and 248 thou shalt, bringing a total of 316. So when this young Hebrew girl was raised up, before she ever heard about her condition, before she ever had experienced one thing that brought her into this issue of blood, she knew what the knots represented. She knew what the number represented it. She knew what the name represented it. And she understood that the border was more than just a border. It was more than just a hymn. We read hymn and we read border. But she didn't see border. She didn't see him. She saw the commandments of God. She saw the oneness of God. She saw the glory of God. She saw the word of God. The border, the hymn was symbolic and a reminder that they remember the commandments of the Lord and to do them. A reminder of the word of God and follow it and obey it. A reminder to be holy unto the Lord. A reminder that they've come out of Egypt for a purpose. A reminder that God is one. A reminder of his messianic coming. Amen. Our God is one. The woman with the issue of the blood decided I'm going to touch the hem, but she also got something else. For the Bible said when she heard of Jesus Jesus. When she heard, what did she hear? She heard what he was teaching. She heard what he was doing. She heard what was going on around him. And she got a grim, a member, a flicker in her mind of Malachi chapter 4 and verse 2 that says in a prophetic utterance of Messiah, Malachi 4 and 2, but unto you that fear my name shall the Son, S-U-N of righteousness, arise with healing in his wings. I've come to tell you that the word wings and the word borders in numbers is exactly the same. What is it saying? She understood when Messiah shows up, if I can touch his wings, if I can touch his borders, there's healing that's arising in his wings. 
is healing in his name. Unto you that fear my name, the Lord said in his prophetic utterance, there's going to be the son of righteousness. Messiah is going to come with healing in his wings. So what was she saying? She was saying a whole lot more than just simply touching garments. She was saying, I am coming to the promise of Messiah that said there was going to be healing in his, in his borders. I'm coming to the promise of Messiah that said he was the one Lord, one faith. Amen. One bat. I'm coming to the Concept and the understanding of commandment is all wrapped up in him. Every commandment fulfilled in him. Everything that I need. Amen. He said that he was the Lord that heals me. He said there would be healing in his wings. And so she took the promises. It's more than touching the garment. It's touching the promise. It's more than touching the him. It's touching the healer. If I can touch the him, I touch the healer. If I can touch the him, I touch the deliverer. If I touch the him, I touch the savior. If I touch the him, I touch the Lord. If I touch the him, I touch Jehovah. If I touch the him, I touch the rock. If I touch the him, I touch my provider. If I touch the him, I touch my sanctifier. If I touch the him, I touch my shepherd. If I can touch the him, I can touch whatever I need because he has it. Healing is in him today. This is not the only place you will find such a concept of faith. For there were those that were sick that needed a healing in their body that made these words and said this in Matthew 14 and 35. And when the men of that place had knowledge of him, who? The son of righteousness who's got healing in his wings. When the men of that place had knowledge of him, amen, they sent out unto all, into all the country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased and brought and besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment and as many as touched were per were made perfectly whole. What were they doing? Amen. These Hebrews understood. We, we Gentiles don't get it. It, it. We don't see the symbolism and we don't understand the, the pageantry and the glory and the wonder that is hidden behind the messages. But the Hebrews get it. They said, we know if we can touch his wings, if we can touch his hymn, we're going to be made whole. If I can touch his Messiahship, if I can touch his anointing, if I can touch the one who came as a babe but came to die upon a cross, amen, and be resurrected again. If I could touch him, that's why we pray in the name of Jesus. That's why we pray and, and healing is done in the name of Jesus. In the book of Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, the Bible says, we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like ag we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of the grace that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in the hour of need. If we were to begin to put pen to paper and write everybody's problems tonight, everybody's issues, whatever yours is, if you wrote it down, whatever your need is, you wrote it down. Whatever multiple need you may have, 
He can be touched with all of those. Well, you say, Jesus never had to deal with this. No, but he dealt with the background principles. He was tempted in all points like we, but without sin. He overcome it so that he could feel us. He was not brought down by it, but rather he feels the pain. What does he also feel? He feels your touch. When you touch his anointing, when you by faith reach up to him and say, can I touch you, Lord? Can I touch you, Lord? I want to touch you, Lord. I want to touch you, Lord. Hallelujah. Can I take you back a few years ago when Whitney was first born? Amen. They said that she didn't know if that she was going to make it. She had multiple pneumothoraxes in her lungs. One lung had 14. Amen. And, and then she was sent to Riley, and we didn't know what was going to happen. And the doctor showed me the 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 x-rays I saw it with my eyes and he says here's what's got to be happening we're going to have to open up her her premature baby body we're going to have to open it up and we're going to do surgery and we're going to cut that off and, and then sew it back up that was one day the next day I went back up to Riley and he says I don't know what happened to, to her but here's the new x-rays and there's absolutely no pneumothoraxes what happened somewhere someplace I don't know who it was I don't know who prayed the prayer of faith but Somebody touch the hem of his garment. Somebody touch the hem of his garment. I'm talking to some people right now that you have been in deep depression. You have been in such deep despair that a moment of clarity happens to you and the sky rolls back and the darkness dissipates and the light of God's glory comes across your mind. What happened? Somebody touch the hem of his garment. Somebody touch the hem of his garment. Hallelujah. My brother, when he was two years old, swallowed a handful of heart medicine that, that was my uncle's got into his heart medicine and swallowed a handful of it. We were so far from a hospital. My mom and dad said that they didn't know what to do but they heard about a prayer meeting and they took that little boy to a prayer meeting and found them in a circle praying and laid him in the middle of it. Amen. And in a matter of moments he was completely taken care of by the power of God. What happened? Somebody touched the hem of the wings of the son of righteousness who's got a healing in his wings well hallelujah well pastor it's not happened to me i've not seen it amen that doesn't change one fact he's still the healer there's been times in my life that i didn't get what i prayed for but that doesn't change who he is i still am going to touch the hem of his garment i'm still going to need his touch in my life I'll never, I'll never forget. And I know sometimes we tell stories that we were told, but the Bible says say it again and again. So guess what? I'm going to say it again and again. I watched my brother, 14 years old, drown to death right before my eyes. As a boy of seven, I saw him go under. I watched him as he went under, and I screamed to my dad. My dad went and pulled him out of the, out of the water, and he was no longer breathing, laid him on the sand there of the Kalkashu River. He was not breathing, and I remember my dad. My, I get my voice from my dad, but his was much louder than mine, but he would scream at the top of his lungs. I command life to come back in him. I command life to come back in him. Another man that was with us was performing a... Uh, 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 
artificial respiration or whatever it was at that time that he was trying to arouse him. Nothing happened. And they, we took him back to the community where he was. No hospital around. Amen. He'd been dead for an hour and a half. No breath in his body for an hour and a half. He was completely gone. My dad never stopped praying. My dad never stopped crying out. He drove the boat praying. He drove the car praying. Amen. It'll never get, leave my mind. It's embedded in my heart because I watched that after an hour and a half, my brother sneezed and outside of his out of his nose and out of his eyes and out of his ears come all this river sand and then I watched as breath come back in him amen what is it somebody touched the hymn uh, do we believe this amen you come too late to tell me he's not the healer he's not the deliverer he's not the transformer Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com. Saturday.